following audio was recorded during a meeting of the Department of Offense. It is not suitable for children, the easily offended, or anyone with actual taste. You have been warned. Jane Goodall motorboating a gorilla's floppy milk. I would make a lot of rectangles. I could never do squares right. We all had to put pants on this week because you're here. And now it's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 96 of the Department of Offense. I'm Casey, back after three weeks. This is crazy. Joining me, as always, is Carlos. Yeah, I'm here. Eric. Hi. Matt. Hello. You want to turn that down? Jesus. What did I do? Oh, man. I thought the volume was off. (laughs) Wow, come oh, on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wait, that's fine, we'll wait, we'll Pretty wait. Good. We have nothing better okay, to do. It's awesome. not like we have things to talk about, no. beers to drink. <laughs> what, what show is this again? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we joining us is also special guest, uh, Paul uh, Werney from 45th Parallel. So How are we'll, you doing? Yeah, we'll talk to you a little bit more later in the show. I'm really excited to try some of the stuff that I found a couple of your liquors, so... Well, Casey, what's 45th Parallel? Uh, it's a fairly local distillery in New Richmond, and we'll talk about it in a bit. I was just kind of doing a top of the show thing. Don't interrupt me. Jeez. People were curious. So mad. Nobody was curious. Okay, they were curious, but fine. Carlos, what have you been up to the past two weeks, three weeks, three weeks? Three weeks. Well, I, okay, fine. Everyone know, Everyone but me knows what you've been up yeah, to. Yeah, you've, you've taken a whole month off. That's your fault. Yeah, well, I needed it, okay? Yeah, we had two really good shows here. Yeah. And you missed Oh, really good? Really good. Really good. That's debatable. We can, we can get by without you, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? I don't know. <laughs> Probably because uh, they wouldn't keep you in Florida anymore. All right. Well, Carlos, what did you do last week? How was your Thanksgiving? It was uh ordeal, maybe? No. An ordeal? Uh, I just... Uh, I'm tired of Thanksgiving and I'm not looking forward to doing it again in a month. Well, you don't have to do Thanksgiving. 20 days from now I get to do it again. That's that's not Thanksgiving, that's Christmas. It's basically the same thing. How is that basically the same thing? One has turkey, one has ham. Unless you have turkey Family get together with food. Who has turkey at both? We do. I'm coming over to your house. (laughs) (laughs) Here, have some beer, Carlos. All right. You want to get those passed around? Um, Okay, well that's exciting. So you you didn't really do anything. No, other I did than not. That? Nothing too. All right, special. Matt. What about you? Do it. Do anything exciting? I went to my family's so and we ate, and then I worked that night. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. My family came and visited me at the oh, bar. Oh, that's cool. And they gave me some pie and stuff. Oh yeah. They brought you pie at the bar. Yep. And then it was it was pretty busy. Did they bring enough to share? No. <laughs> However, I did give some turkey to the uh, Ikaro and Giga, the two Brazilians that always come in. Oh, I never okay. had it before. Do they, they never they had turkey before? They don't have turkey in Brazil? I guess not. That's weird. So, yeah, feel, well, I feel like that's kind of a North American yeah. bird. Well, yeah. yeah, well, Thanksgiving is They probably North aren't America. on every continent. They liked it. I tried to explain uh, Thanksgiving to a Brit the other day, and he just did not understand... Canada celebrates it, don't they? They, they yeah, have Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> but totally they still different. celebrate it. Yeah. But the Brits, they don't. They're just mad. They're mad that we kicked their ass. I don't think uh, that's why. No, they're they're still upset about 1776, I'm telling you. Did you know that uh, the bird, you know how the president's always like, and we have this bird to feed on, whatever. They pardon the bird. They pardon the bird. Yeah, they pardon the bird. That only started when uh, George W. Bush Sr. was in the office. I thought that was a long time ago. Really? Yep. Huh. That's because they used to have the president. I don't know why they pardon birds. Did you want a beer, Paul? I guess I could have one. If you want some more, we got. Yeah. All right. Um, Eric, what about you? I had a good Thanksgiving, and I perfected a macaroni and cheese recipe homemade. And I'm telling you, it was <laughs> shiznits. Can we have your recipe? We we can do that. I can Ooh, make yeah. you guys some. Aren't we supposed it to have was, a cooking show or something? It, Didn't we, we have a we, short we, running? We had a pilot. Yeah, that should keep <laughs> Didn't going. get picked up. <laughs> NBC at, didn't want it. I don't know We have another dish for this, this show. Oh, man. It was it was so good. I did it like this, this old-fashioned way. Like, usually you think macaroni and cheese is like, you know, kind of soupy. But this was actually, it was like a bar. 
Like okay. you could pick it up and eat it with your hand, and man, it was so. What phenomenal. you just made some Velveeta and put it in the refrigerator? No, oh, no, I actually, it out. I actually made like a, like a roux and like uh, roux like flour and butter and so. Man, it was. We have was a awesome. show now for that, and then also Casey, you had a grand old f- feast for well, Thanksgiving, too, didn't you? I had nachos, yeah, because nachos yeah. are awesome. We I can made, make those. I for made that like show too. homemade queso dip with. Like some pepper jack. Okay, guys, stuff. we're yeah. talking about new YouTube shows. Oh, man. We got continuations. Why now. didn't you bring this up during the during the because meeting I that didn't we know had? We were going to talk oh. about macaroni and cheese <laughs> during the meeting. You're just on your phone. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> and now during the show, you're like, oh hey, these are great show they ideas. They are. Let's do this yeah. in front of God and everybody. Let's talk about you this know, now. Well, well, I, well, too bad I don't have any food to add. Like I just had like two pounds of potatoes on uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Carlos would add Slim Jims. <laughs> if you think I'm lying, this is my no, recipe. I actually had like. Two pounds of mashed potatoes. I don't think you're lying. I know. Did your jaw click then, too? It might have. I don't know. <laughs> Before the show, Carlos was eating an entire pizza. And <laughs> about three quarters of the way through, his jaw started It was all clicking. silent in the It studio. was all silent, and we just hear, like, pop, pop, pop. And we all look over at Carlos. Like, <laughs> what? what? It happens. <laughs> it just happens. It's yeah. not healthy, man. Ever since I was five, yeah, it just does that. <laughs> Paul, okay. did you and your family do anything special for Thanksgiving? Nah, just the relatives came over. Had some relatives from Iowa and from D.C. Okay. Oh, Turkey and like goodness. Uh, yeah, so I had uh, nachos and then some, a bottle of bourbon, which was fantastic. <laughs> An entire bottle. <laughs> it was spread out over the day, okay? <laughs> I was responsible-ish. And uh, yeah, no, and then Carlos and I, we drank a bunch of aged beers that night. Yeah, we did. We had a Bourbon County 2012, which was at the prime of its life. It was fantastic. Yeah. So good. Uh, a We had a sour from New Glarus that was a couple years old that was pretty good, too. Was that the one we tried on the show a long time ago? Yeah. And then you're like, we'll save this other one. Yeah. Okay. And then I saved it and had it without you. That's okay. I don't like sours, remember? I know. That's why I didn't think you would mind. <laughs> Uh, other than that, uh, I was in Florida the week before, which was awesome, which is why I missed two shows. Uh, I saw the space shuttle, guys. Just yeah, be a little did. jealous. I know. Just a little bit. Yeah, I was all looking at your pictures that morning. I was like, oh. It was it was awesome. And so, your picture of the NASA, the, uh, the space ball with the logo on yeah. it. That is one of the coolest pictures I've ever seen. It's so cool. That, uh, pretty majestic. That rocket was pretty massive, it looked like. Oh, the, the Saturn V? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they're... There's two uh, at the Kennedy Space Center. There's two like compounds. There's the main visitor compound, and then you get on a bus and they drive you into like the complex itself. So you have to go through like security checkpoints and stuff. And they have the Saturn V building where they have the last remaining Saturn V rocket. Cool. And I go in and we're we're starving. It's like 2 p.m. and we haven't eaten anything. And so we just we're making a beeline for uh, like the concession stand or whatever. And Jake, um, one of my coworkers who's with me, he just stops and he's staring up at the ceiling. And I'm like, dude, we're hungry. What's going on? And he just points up. I look up. We had walked in and the Saturn V was hanging from the ceiling all the way along the building. It was just incredible. The sheer size of the thing. Didn't even know it was there until I looked up. And, and then, uh, what was the Saturn V for? What the Saturn V uh, was the rocket that was used for all the Apollo missions. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. So it's the rocket that took us to I'm the on moon. You. I'm on you. Yeah. I got you. And now the the new rocket, the SLS, is bigger than the Apollo rocket, which is impressive because the thing is huge. And that's planning on taking us to Mars. That's planning on taking us to Mars. And an asteroid. And an, well, we got we have to catch the asteroid first yeah, in true. a big net and then drag it back. I, I was not. <laughs> and it'll be that another that moon. Then did you not see? They had a, there's a there's an animation. Basically, it's it's like a like a like an inflatable tube <laughs> that they're going to they're going to put around the asteroid and then inflate it and grab it and then, and then <laughs> so drag like, it back for some reason I think it sounds like something you're making up I mean, yeah, for some reason when, when you said uh, we have to net it all I could picture was like Wiley Coyote <laughs> with like a big butterfly net like grabbing a like asteroid well, like, a net like, like how's that work maybe they should just go with the last without, it sounds a lot more efficient hey you know what we harpooned a comet now we're going to put a net around an asteroid okay it's going to be we'll land on Mars. Then it's, we're going to land on Mars. That's the future. It's going to be asteroid wrangling. So by 2030, right? That's yep. what 2030 is when they want to launch the mission to And Mars. then how long is it going to take to get there? Six to nine months. 
No, not uh, too bad. The, well, with current technology, it's six to nine months. If they develop something faster, yeah, that's that's a few years from now. They'll probably develop yeah, something. Maybe, or they won't. We won't have hoverboard hoverboards still, and it'll yeah, just be that's terrible. okay. We don't need hoverboards. Are you sure? Speak for yourself. Just so you know, you can get a job uh, job with NASA right now. uh, Lay in your bed for 178 days, and they pay you 10 grand. Really? Yep. They're trying to figure out like Hmm. what your what happens to your body. Well, first off, because well, taking taking a a trip to Mars, like you're gonna have to, you're gonna be in like one place for an extended period of time. And uh, like, I guess the way that you know zero gravity affects your body. They don't want you to move around a whole lot, and they Why not? are there. I, I don't know. So they let the ISS guys move around. It's science. You know? I don't think a ten grand is enough for half a year. How long did I don't, uh, I don't know, dude? That's easy money just to lay around in. How bed. long did John did Lennon lay you? around in bed? I don't know. It was a couple months. It was a couple months, yeah. and then he got shot. And they got shot. Yes. Now he's laying in a grave. Well, way to bring it down, guys. <laughs> Jeez. Let's talk about this beer in front of us. Let's do that. All right. So in front of us, we have uh, Morningwood from Bigwood uh, Brewery. You've been up there, right? Yes, now? and it's a great brewery. I like it a lot. It's fun. Uh, it's in where in Minnesota is it? Uh, White Bear Lake. White Bear Lake. Okay. Um, it has a BA score of eighty. Uh, it's an American stout. I don't know why it's classified. It's a coffee stout. Coffee stout. Yeah. So it should be classified as that. Uh, comes in at five and a half percent ABV. Uh, Carlos, what do you think? It's all right. Not, I don't have any complaints about it. That's a nice taste to it. Uh, so wait, there's a co- uh, coffee stout uh, separate category. Go, uh, separate category just Co- for that. Coffee stout yeah. is a huge category uh, itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's a BJCP category. It's nifty. Well, I don't really exciting. taste the, the coffee a whole lot in it, so maybe that's why they just put it in Yeah, the, the coffee is pretty subdued, I Which think. Which I like more a that, lot because I don't like coffee stouts. More more like the roast malt is coming through, I think. Eric? Uh, I, I agree with you. It's more the, the roasted malt flavor. Uh, it tastes a lot more like a Russian Imperial than like a coffee stout. Yeah. I expected a lot more coffee flavor. I'm not big on coffee. I guess I'm not, get, I'm not getting the, like the Russian Imperial. The the alcohol sweetness isn't yeah, there. The yeah, body isn't not, there. Yeah, it's, it's not, a, not uh, alcohol-y enough. But I love all their sexual okay. innuendos out there, too. It's hilarious. But they're, they're, but th- what? These are sexual innuendos? Yeah, and then it also oh, says no. the pounder on the can. <laughs> Wait, is that a giant cock on the back? <laughs> that is a rooster. Oh, oh. dear me. <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you think? I like it. Yeah, are, are you are you a beer guy at all? Or I do like this type of beer. I, I'm a stout guy. Me I'm too. not a I'm not a real hoppy uh, light beer guy either. So. I don't know if we can be friends. I just <laughs> <laughs> no. It's definitely good for uh, the category. I, I usually don't care for coffee stouts. Just uh, I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't like the taste of coffee. But this one is a lot more subdued and good multi characteristic to it. I like it. All right. Well, should we move on to news? I guess Keep so. this show moving? Just wait. I got some of the other brews. All right. And we're going to stop it right there. You guys do know I'm <laughs> the show. Oh, wow. I'm not on it. So I heard all of that <laughs> bitching and moaning you did about the banjos, okay? I heard, and you know what? I fucking listened, all right? So let's, let's try these banjos. How do you like these fucking banjos? <laughs> how meta. Not those? Well, how about these? Hey, I know that song. Or these? <laughs> or hey, asshole, how about these fucking banjos? <laughs> Can we please do the fucking news now? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, there we go. <laughs> most excellent, sir. And now, most the excellent. Department of Offense presents News with Did you Casey. fix these ones? <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right, well, I had to do something. You guys wouldn't stop complaining about the banjos. Even played the wrong uh, bit one day. Yeah, and I stuck with it. Yeah, I, I should have never let Carlos host the show. Should have never done it. <laughs> what? I can't play the banjo one? <laughs> It took me way too long to do this morning. Oh, it's still funny. <laughs> hey, asshole, what about these banjos? <laughs> All right. Uh, a Tacoma, Washington man is accused of swapping furniture with his neighbors while they were on vacation. Apparently, when the couple returned from vacation, they found their love seat, matching chair, and other belonging- belongings gone and replaced with a recliner and television. <laughs> 
They found a traffic ticket and a pizza receipt that pointed to the neighbor. Why are those two things there? Like, what what series of events leads to a traffic ticket and a pizza receipt as the only items left behind at the scene of the uh, crime? Did the neighbor just not think they had notice? Maybe, uh... Maybe he thought, like, oh, yeah, this looks our, like our living room, right? Just yeah. never notice at all. I <laughs> That's not our television. Well, uh, when you think about it, it is kind of, like, ingenious if he hadn't left the clues behind. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, well, I'm just going to swap this shit out. So at least they have something. He's being respectful. And then as long as he never invites them over, free furniture. Yeah, well, the, the neighbor claims that he got drunk and decided to switch the furniture, so he called his buddy for help. So the buddy drove out. And helped him move the furniture just because. <laughs> uh, they both pled not guilty to charges of residential burglary because they didn't actually take That's any. true. <laughs> like, it was just a trade, guys. Fair trade. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing his buddy has a sweet nickname like Catfish. <laughs> catfish? Yeah. He's like, hey, come on over here, Catfish. We're going to switch some I think some we need to around. talk about sweet nicknames no, that's and what they actually yeah, are. When you envision a... when you envision these kinds of people, Catfish would be a pretty sweet nickname. No. Is it, is no. it no. that one movie called Catfish where the person lures the guy in from the chat well, room? Is it, yeah, that's, that's, that's I thought that was, a, that was a show. But I'm just saying. it's, it's There was a movie first. Oh, was it a movie first? Then they put it into a show. I'm, I'm oh. envisioning diehard rednecks and no. swapping furniture no. around. No. You got catfish. bad nicknames, dude. Yeah. Whatever. You're just bad I'm from Arkansas. I know about cool redneck nicknames. You guys don't. Well... You may know about redneck nicknames. I don't know about the cool part. Uh, <laughs> downtown streets in Red Wing, Minnesota, were utterly gridlocked around 10.45 p.m. on Wednesday after half a dozen Holstein cows aimlessly made their I way down Main Street. There. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bad puns are great. Uh, the police theorized that the cows escaped from a farmer's truck as he was uh, transporting them to his farm in Hager City. Uh, my theory is that the cows were protesting the protesting fast food workers. I did not know that was a thing that was going on. In yeah, they were blocking 35 all all week. Wasn't that also part of the Ferguson stuff, too? Yeah, well, it just kind of one <laughs> melded into the other. They're like, hey, we really don't want to go back to work yet, so what can we protest now? Well, and now as long the as they're not burning down their own neighborhood, I guess. Burning they're down the house. <laughs> uh, it took the cops a couple of hours to herd Thanks. the cows off the road. <laughs> Uh, Detroit is officially part of Russia now because Detroit man Robert Cordes filed a police report on Wednesday saying that a 40-foot-long, 5,000-pound bridge made of steel and wood was stolen from his property. You guys remember a few months back we, yeah. had, the, we had the Russian bridge that disappeared overnight? Well, here's one in Detroit. And Who's better yet— stealing the bridges? <laughs> police found the bridge 20 miles south of where it was taken from. So they just moved the bridge 20 miles. So like, this is a better spot. They just the got bridge. tired. <laughs> but who right. did it? But who did it? The bridge thief. Oh, obviously, it's aliens, man. It's not who the else underpants can move a bridge like that. It's aliens. Are you sure the underpants? Like, was it actually? It? Was the bridge actually set up, or was it uh, just? No, yeah, it was. Still? It was a set up bridge. They had set it up again. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I I'm really trying to figure out how they. Try, I don't know if they took it apart. Is this? Is this or if a, they just, a rope bridge? No. <laughs> It's a bridge bridge. Like a cement bridge? No, made of wood and steel. Oh, there, okay. There's only one rational explanation to this, fellas. Aliens. I don't think aliens took the bridge. I think so. Just ask that guy from Ancient Aliens. Yeah. He'll tell you everything. I don't know. Are you sure it's not your Bigfoot doing it? It's not. It, Bigfoot does not move bridges, okay? <laughs> Are you sure? That's the Rhineland hodag that moves bridges. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> On Friday, December 5th, uh, Minneapolis updated its Clean Indoor Act ordinance to include the banning of e-cigarettes indoors. That's right. You can no longer vape in public buildings. See, I listened. I listened to Woo-hoo! your show. Because you guys talked about vaping and how it was added to the Oxford Dictionary. Yep. Yep. I, oh, was that a thing that we talked about? Yep. I wasn't paying attention. No, no, Mr. Right Host now. wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I understand that. I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> I'm totally vaping. Right yeah, now. when you're the host, everybody else doesn't matter. It's just... Just you. You just got to keep going through it. When other people are talking, you can just zone out and just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. Carlos, that's what you do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Until there's some little bit of input. Right. Uh, lawmakers in the UK have decided to start censoring porn and released a list of banned sex acts in porn this week. Here is the list of illegal acts. Spanking. No more spanking in porn. How are you supposed to have schoolgirl videos then? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, caning. Aggressive whipping. Uh, physical or verbal abuse, regardless if consensual. Uh, water sports. 
female ejaculation, strangulation, face sitting, and fisting are all oh. banned. They're, it's it's almost as bad as Japan now. Well, damn. What is almost as bad as Japan? Those those rules. Well, no, I, but what country was that for? Uh, the UK. All right. Oh yeah, is it? Is it? Can't remember which way it is. It's either Korea where they can't make porn there and they get it imported, or else it's. I think it's Japan. They can't make porn there, but they get it from Korea. You can't. Yeah, there's some there's huh. some law where you can't film porn in one of those places. Uh, so when I say smoking the bandit, what do you guys think immediately? The, uh, Trans Am. Trans Am, right? No. Really? I, I no. Just, I I just think Smokey Bear. <laughs> Carlos, if you've never seen Smokey Wait, the Bandit, I have not. I've never seen it. Oh, come on, Trans Am, man, the flaming chicken. Come yeah. on. I just think Smokey Bear. All right, so there's some iconic cars uh, in film, and the Trans Am is one of the 1977 mm-hmm. Pontiac Trans Am is definitely one of them. And you now have a chance to own Burt Reynolds' personal one that was used for film promotion when the movie was released, and then given to him. Nice. Uh, the car is currently up for auction. The car features a 400 CID Pontiac V8 engine with just over 12,000 miles, a four-barrel carburetor, and an automatic transition. And what do you think it is expected to fetch at auction? Any guesses? A Any lot. guesses? Two hundred ten thousand. One hundred twenty grand. No, only eighty thousand dollars. Really? Only yeah. Eight? Wow. Well, he needs to pay his bills, I guess. Right. Well, he could just sell his mustache. That too. That too. <laughs> That'd be weird if you shaved. Hey, is that Burt Reynolds a, up in the yeah, corner? That is. It sure is. <laughs> I I always forget that thing's there, and then I look at it and I get a little creeped out every time I see it. <laughs> He's staring at me right now. <laughs> Lovingly. And it says happy birthday, Casey. <laughs> All right. Uh, and historic thing happened this week. Uh, at 6 a.m. CST on Friday morning, history was made with the successful test launch of NASA's Orion space capsule. Uh, Orion was launched using NASA's Space Launch System, or SLS, to a height of 3,600 miles above the surface of the Earth. In comparison, the ISS uh, orbits about 250-ish miles in low Earth orbit. Uh, Orion then made a successful re-entry and recovery. And this is important because Orion is what we're going to use to send people to Mars, which we were talking about earlier. It's, I mean, it's awesome. It's super exciting. This is a great time to be... You know, a fan of space. Yes. Or maybe 10 years from now when they are actually getting closer to the Mars mission, it would probably be way more exciting. Well, we'll be here. You know, Carlos, you just always have to shit on everything. Well, I'm just saying. I no, mean- can't you just be happy for a little bit? Just let me have this. Please. <laughs> let me have this. Hey, we'll, we'll, we're going to get a 1969 walking on the moon type thing then, too, because we'll get to see video footage. Yeah. That'll be cool. And then... Then somebody will die, and then we'll see them dancing a little jig at the office the next day. What? Oh, I'm sorry. You guys don't watch Mad Men? No. No. Mad Men fans got that, and they're laughing right now. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody in this room is. That's fine. I don't need you guys. I got this. Fine. fine. I'll just get up and go now. Hey, whoa. (laughs) Sit down, because now is the part of the show that everybody actually likes. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, we're uh, going to sit down and have an interview with, uh, with Paul. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. So, Paul, uh, before we get started here, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, 45th Parallel, what it is, what you do, and just kind of get us started. Well, we're a small distillery that opened up in New Richmond in 2007. Uh, we were the first ones in this part of the, the state. There was one other distillery that opened up in right about six months before we did in Milwaukee. Okay. There was nothing going on in Minnesota at all. Oh, wow. So we started making vodka, and then a couple years later, we started making bourbon, and then rye, and wheat. Ooh, rye. We make aquavit, we make gin. Aquavit? Oh, wow. We make several different types of aquavit. Wow. So we're expanding right now. I'll have to try the gin sometime. I like gin. Yeah, gin's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to dive into that in a little bit here. Um, Come on over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, okay, well, uh, we have we have the vodka in front of us, so you said that was the one you started with, so we should probably start with that one, right, Carlos? All right. You want to pour me a small glass of that and kind of pass it around here? And while that's going around, um, what made you want to be a distiller? Like, what was the motivating factor there? Well, there was a... I was looking for a Polish vodka for my father-in-law, and I saw this one vodka on the shelves, and the the head of the store told me about it and 
it was a small distillery down in Texas that had five employees. And I thought that's something I wouldn't mind doing. Except doing something creative okay. on a manufacturing level is what I wanted to do. And nobody else was doing it, so I just started reading what I could about it. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Um, and then do you have any formal schooling at all or just kind of? No. When we started up, there were very few small distilleries. There was not much even written about it on the Internet. You could find anything you wanted to about fuel ethanol but nothing really about nothing distilling. Nothing about distilling. And so kind of just, I went to some workshops and then learned on my own trial and error. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead. Was was that like distilling on your own? Like you said trial and error. Is that legal? No, or, yeah, no, okay. it's not. And uh, I, you know, I, I had had another business and I sold it. And so I had some capital and, I took some time to figure out what I wanted to do next, so I went right into it full force. Awesome. Were you ever worried for your safety when you were doing this, or was it like you something in your basement, or did you have you know like a setup out in the woods? I no, not really. I I, I, I was probably <laughs> it's sorry cool. about that. It's cool I was, to me. I was probably a, a bit overconfident when I started up, and uh, yeah, I bought some pretty nice equipment. So it wasn't like I bought my distilling equipment from Germany. It was the oldest uh, still manufacturer there. Cool. They'd been making oh, wow. stills for 150 years. Wow. So we we have a a good setup. Nice. I wasn't that concerned. Do you still awesome. use that setup that you bought? Or? Yeah, yeah, we do. And I just bought another still. And it'll come in the next few months. There's about a six-month, a year lead time on those that type of equipment. Very cool. All right. Uh, well, we have the vodka in front of us. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, the vodka and what's what uh, what's special about this well, particular we, spirit? What's special is we actually make it. Uh, most vodka, 90% of the vodka you see on the shelves is going to be made from a handful of facilities. And then... It's going to be purchased by other companies, shipped around the country, and blended and bottled in those facilities. Okay. But we make it. We start, oh. we start with the grain, and we make it all the way there. We have a column that can distill up to 190 proof is what you need to do to make vodka. And we were the only ones in the state that could do that nice. wow. until recently. Nice. Very cool. Is it a corn, corn base? Or? We're 100% corn, cool. and all our grain comes from uh, one small farm just south of our building. Nice. Awesome, that's that's some good stuff. It's smooth and yeah, it's it has like it's kind of sweet. Yeah, it has a sweetness to it. Yeah, there's a little bit more flavor. There's vodka is changing right now with the small distilleries. There's money more now. There's 20 distilleries in the state. Oh wow! And there's 14 planned in in Minnesota. When, uh, when did you start again? 2007. 2007. And you were the only one at that time. You said. Well, there was one that started about six months before us. Oh, okay. There was nothing in Minnesota because Minnesota had a $30,000 annual permit fee. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Wisconsin's permit fee is 1000 Wow. Wow. A little bit of a difference there. <laughs> now, Minnesota just lowered their fee. Now, they're, now like I said, there's already 14 distillers wow. planned. Wow. Uh, so why New Richmond? New Richmond, for a couple of reasons. I grew up in Wisconsin, but I was living in Minnesota at the time, so I wanted something close to the metro. Okay. I wanted a place that was north of 94 because of uh, the 45th parallel. And New Richmond was the only community that really welcomed us. You know, I called up some of the communities and said, nah, I don't know if we want that there. It's going to smell. And and then uh, Hudson had $100,000 for their property, and uh, River Falls was south of the of the 94 so then I went to New Richmond and I they gave me an acre for 500 bucks wow wow, wow. <laughs> no kidding that's why we're there <laughs> for sure well it sounds like it's working out so, so did, I guess did the name come before the distillery then yeah it did yeah it okay. did I grew up uh, near Wassa and uh, just north of there, Wassa there's a, ta- a sign that says 45th parallel and so I was driving by that when I was a kid when I was growing up and I wondered about it and I went to school in Minnesota and and then I had a roommate that's a wine expert, and, and I read, and he, so he knew about the 45th parallel in the wine industry and then the restaurant industry. And then I read that somewhere that the four, most of the grain or all the grain made, used for uh, making vodka is grown above the 45th parallel. Oh, okay. And so that's how I really settled on a name. All right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Because I imagine it going, going through, like, Russia, that's, like, the more... Uh, populated part of Russia, you know, yeah. like, and you know that part of the world. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. Very yeah. cool. 
It was it was just something different. Uh, I I can't use it for anything else but the vodka because there's a French wine company called Parallel Forty Five, and their lawyers told me not to use it for anything else. Oh, those damn <laughs> okay. French so, people. Oh, so so the distillery is the distillery itself called Forty Fifth. We're Forty Fifth Parallel Distillery. Okay, and we have Forty Fifth Parallel Vodka. But like our whiskeys, we have Border Bourbon because of where we're located. We have New Richmond Rye Whiskey. We have W for the Wheat Whiskey. Okay, so you can't use 45th Parallel on anything else other than the vodka? No. Yeah, you're right. Well, that kind of that kind of sucks. Well, Actually, that, it's okay. No, like it. it gives oh, yeah. it a distinction, uh, yeah. I would think. All so. our names have a geographical reference. Okay. I mean, like our gin is called Midwest Gin. Oh, okay. So. Awesome. Um, so with the gin, like what kind of botanicals and stuff are you using? Well, we're a little bit lighter on the juniper, but then we're citrus forward, and we have coriander, cardamom, cinnamon, angelica root. Ooh. Ooh. So, but <laughs> the citrus, a lot of people notice the citrus coming forward on it. Okay. And it's not too heavy on a juniper. We pulled back on that a little bit. We have some uh, gins that we have developed that are for more for like the gin connoisseur, but we have to get the names approved yet. We haven't gotten that done. All right. Uh, what's what's that uh, process like? The name approval? Uh, do you, do, is it kind of the same with the beer where you go through the TTB and exactly. have to? Okay, it can be a pain in the butt. <laughs> you know, they they can reject things. Well, actually, what we were doing is we were working with the names on approval. We were working with the trademarking the names. Okay, so we wanted a name that we could trademark. Uh, the TTB will approve the label and, and the name that way, but we were unable to trademark a couple other names. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, so when you're, when you're opening a distillery, what were the, like the major hurdles? I, I mean, you mentioned not being able to quite find a place to do it or Minnesota being too expensive. Were there any other hurdles or like, uh, pushback from communities? No, the, the hardest parts were, is it was such a new industry in the United States. So okay. I had to go overseas to buy equipment. You couldn't buy equipment in the United States. I can now. Even glass. I had to go overseas to buy glass. Oh, really? Yeah, I couldn't buy it here. Now, it's the opposite. Back then, if I called up Owens, Illinois, and said I want to buy some glass, they wouldn't even take my phone call. Huh. Now, they'll send a wrap-up with a catalog. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's completely different, because uh, they, they didn't look at the small distiller as, as a customer. Right. And now, there's a distillery opening up in this country every couple of days. There's over oh, six. Wow. When I started up, there were 40 distilleries in the whole country, and most of them were in California and New York. And now there's about 600, at least, do that you, I know of. Do you wow. think the the big emergence of like the craft brew scene had a lot to do with the, the new emergence of, of craft distilling? Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, also, a lot of brewers are becoming distillers. Yep. Uh, yeah, we talked with uh, Bartley Bloom. Uh, yep. He opened uh, Benton Brew Stillery in yeah, Roseville. I teach a class. He took it. Oh, yeah? And he so he's been out to my place a couple of times. Awesome, so, very cool. Um, do you do you kind of see uh, craft spirits taking the same trajectory as craft beer? Yeah, especially in the urban areas, it, it's there's probably around just like Northeast Minneapolis is a hotbed for breweries. Mm-hmm. It's becoming a hotbed for distilleries. There's about four or five of them that are popping up there right now. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, they're going to coincide because the brewers are good with malts, so they're going to be able to make some. Some good whiskeys, and uh, in Texas, there's a lot of uh, good competition down there. They're actually competing with the, the Scots. I oh, really? Scotch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the Scotch Festival this past year, uh, the first place winner was actually from Japan, and the second place was from uh, Texas. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did not know. Do that. you know who the company was? Uh, I don't remember no. either one of them. Oh, Balcones down in Texas is doing a pretty good job. And you got Garrison Brothers down there. You just have brewers that have a lot of experience with malts, and you can't beat the brewers in the United States now. And no, so oh, no. Yeah. We're world class. I mean, people used to laugh at us for, like, our beer, oh, Budweiser, ha-ha. Yeah. But, I mean, now uh, people in Europe are clamoring to get craft beer, uh, American craft beer. So. Exactly. All right, I, I keep eyeing that, that, that bourbon. You Let's, do love your uh, I, I do. I do love my brown alcohols. All right. Go ahead. You have that first one there. I will. Um, my dad is a, a big listener to the show, and he's also a big drinker. He wants to know, do you guys ship? Like, could he order something from you and have it sent? Or is that something that I have to buy here and then uh, have, you know, shipped? 
to it's, him. It's not legal for us yeah. to ship. The <laughs> okay. distilling industry, we have yeah, a lot of regulations. Like that's what I in Wisconsin, you can taste beer and wine in a liquor store. You can't taste spirits right now. Oh, really? And yeah. uh, we can't ship spirits. A winery can ship spirits, but. I, I know for for the longest time, I, you couldn't even go to a distiller and, and taste it like there. Um, I went to Dogfish Head in Delaware. And, it depends on the state, right? You know, Wisconsin. We used when we opened up, we could not uh, taste or we couldn't sell at our facility. A few years ago, we the law was changed. Now we give tours on Fridays and Saturdays. We have people come in. They can have cocktails. They can taste, and they they can buy there. Oh wow, that's awesome. Uh, so. Do you think that's partly to do with like the beer industry coming in and kind of opening up some of that stuff? No, it no. has more to do with well, the beer industry is why we can't uh, taste in liquor stores. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of a dispute between Miller and the U.S. Distilling, <laughs> and so, uh. so, so that's that'll it'll change in Wisconsin. I would say in the next few years we'll be able to taste in liquor stores once they get that settled, and uh, but. Distributors, distributors are the reason why we can do it. Somehow, we convince one of the major distributors in the, in the state that it would be good for our business if we could taste and sell out of our facilities. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. they agreed, and so it's been huge. Awesome. Uh, do you guys have the same uh, like three tier restriction that faces breweries? Can you self distribute at all as a no, distillery? No, no. We well, when we opened our doors, when I first, I could. Oh really? But then the distributors found out. Oh, and they, 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 and quickly, they mobbed up on you. They quick, well, they quickly had that law changed. Yeah. So, so. okay. So no self distribution. I really don't have the time to do it. Yeah. You know, and beer is different. You can take kegs to places, and you can distribute that way. And, and people drink more beer, but how many? Bottles of vodka are you going to drink in a day? I, so, I, yeah, I, I, I suppose. I suppose you bring in like a case so. here, a case there, and yeah, it's it's just hard. I don't have the time to do it. Okay, so um, so why did you start with vodka? Why was vodka your primary? Well, at that time, vodka outsold everything else combined, and uh, premium category of vodka was the fastest growing category every year, and you don't have to age it. Uh, yep, that was a big deal. Uh, the hardest part about making whiskey is coming up with an aged whiskey uh, inventory, and we decided to go with big barrels. So we only use standard uh, Missouri white oak uh, charred barrels, and it takes years to age in that. Yeah, I can buy some small barrels and age in months, but it's just not going to taste as good. Okay, it's not exactly the same. So you need to have cash flow during that time. Yep, gin and uh, in. Vodka don't age. Yeah, the clear spirits, yeah. you don't have to age them. Yeah, you just have to re- have the equipment to make it. Awesome. Uh, so this, uh, th- we have the Border Bourbon. Uh, what can you tell us about this? Well, the Border Bourbon is a four-grain bourbon, and a lot of bourbons have either rye or wheat. Uh, we have a little bit of both. We have a malted barley. Also, all the grain comes from just north of 94, just north of Roberts. And okay. That's where the farm is. It's aged in, like I said, Missouri white oak, uh, n- only new barrels. It's it's distilled at uh, under 160 and barreled at under 120. And right now, what we're releasing is about three and a half years in a barrel. Oh wow! So, um, so y- you said you said it's four grain. You said you mentioned uh, rye, wheat, and barley. What's the well bourbon? I'm sorry, bourbon is a corn whiskey. Okay, that's really what bourbon All right, is. So corn. Bourbon is a corn whiskey that's aged in new barrels. All you right. can have a corn whiskey, but it's aged in used barrels. But if you want to call it bourbon, it's only new barrels. More than 51% corn. I always, I, I guess uh, I once heard somewhere that there was a location specificity on the word bourbon, kind of like scotch or... No. Well, yeah, there is. Exactly. In the United States. Okay. So in 64, uh, Congress designated bourbon as American spirit, and so it has to be made in the United States. Mm-hmm. All right. Not Kentucky, United States. All right, not Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to say this this smells, it smells absolutely wonderful. It, yeah, it, it smells really, fantastic. You get it a lot tastes. of the, the good oak and a bit of like a caramel kind of complexion to it. It, it mm-hmm. smells phenomenal. So uh, when, you're, when you're developing a, I guess, a mash recipe for, 
for like a bourbon like this. What what do you play around with? So I mean, something like this you have to sit on for three years. Yeah. So what what are you looking for in your fresh distill it or whatever for? We're a little bit different than a brewery. Breweries really worry about fermentation and the core ingredients. Whereas in distilling, it's how you distill. That means everything. Okay. And and how you age. And those are the big key factors. So, yeah, you can have subtleties in your grain mash bill here and there, but they're not going to have as big of an effect on the final product as the barrel. Okay. Or what type of distillation you do. And so we've been playing around with a lot of that. We do more of an alambic-style distillation. So it's a real basic, more traditional type, type of distillation. Uh, I guess, can you, can you walk us through the distillation process? Sure. Uh, well, with vodka, it's all about removing impurities. So you have to have a high level of reflux. And a high level of reflux, what reflux means is when you create a vapor and some of that condenses and falls back into the pot, that's called reflux. Okay. With vodka, you want a really high level of that. So most of what you create a vapor was uh, condensed fall back in. Whiskey's the opposite. Whiskey, you want to have a low level of reflux. You want a real basic, simple style of distillation. So almost everything that becomes a vapor, you're going to collect. And that means you're going to be bringing the impurities. And that's why you have to age. And that's why you have to stick it in wood. Because it doesn't taste good when it comes out of the still. It needs time. And so two different types of distillations. Whiskey is actually very easy to distill. It's simple. Vodka is a little bit harder to make. It's more expensive to make. Okay. Interesting. So the one that you have to sit on for a while is super easy to make. Yeah. The hard part about whiskey is waiting for it. And the expensive part about whiskey is when you empty that barrel, you're going to be missing about 15 or 20% of what you put in there. Yeah. It all gets soaked into the barrel. It actually evaporates. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the quote unquote angel share, right? Oh exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> those jerks. <laughs> so who's the one has, that has to write down the whoever's bottling? Who's ever bottling? <laughs> <laughs> so how many bottles of bourbon do you do a year? We we're we're really being uh, disciplined on our our releasing. So we only release one barrel of bourbon a month and one oh, barrel wow. of rye. Wow, really? And that's it. So for every barrel we release, we put down five barrels. Okay. Because we're really trying to grow an aging, properly aging whiskey. Uh, a lot of the small distilleries are putting out stuff that's way too young and it, it's, it's, it's hurting you, the industry. Do you think they're in like a rush to get their, their money back from it? Or? Exactly. Yeah. And, and impatience. Yeah. And what we do is we make bulk uh, spirits for other companies. So we do contract work, and that also helps with our cash flow. We, oh. And so we make uh, the Aquavitsa, we make her for other people. Okay. And we make gin, we make vodka for other people, we make bourbon for other people. And that provides a cash flow to allow us to be patient with our whiskeys. Is that is that fairly common in this industry? 90% of the industry is contract work. I mean, most of the stuff that you see, even the whiskeys, like, if you look at the rye category on the, on the, on the shelves, almost 90% of those ryes came from one facility. They all came, are in different bottles, different names, and they have different stories behind them. But they all came they from all, the same the, facility. They all came out of the same. So are they? do they come out uh, like unaged out of the facility and then aged them? No, that, no, that facility will age it, too. Oh, wow. And you have nice, cute little stories about these homespun uh, rye. But it's the same thing. No, it came out of the same Indiana facility, a monster facility. Oh wow! My entire world is just crashing out around me. <laughs> you got to you got to be careful about what you buy because there's a lot of stuff. There's a, it's starting to change because there's a lot of people that are becoming more educated on it. And there's some lawsuits flying around right now, and the whole industry is changing. Is is there any way you can tell? Like, do they have to mark it on the bottle anywhere? Well, a lot of them you couldn't tell at all. Okay, you, you, it, they would have a picture of a farmer in a field showing you rye and stuff like that, and. You know, and be in Iowa, but really it was made in Indiana. So you can't, you got to be, you can't, you have to look into it more. Okay. But there's more bloggers. There's a lot of writers that are, that are bringing, sharing, bringing a light to it right wow. now. Yeah. That's, what was that? Akavit is what, what's the difference between that and vodka again? Well, I consider Akavit similar to gin. Gin? Yeah. Because yeah, okay. basically you have a vodka. If you can make vodka, then you can infuse it with botanicals and then redistill it, and you have gin or you have aquavit. Gin, you need juniper berries. Aquavit, you need caraway. 
And so I call it gin for Scandinavians. Really. Yes. <laughs> There's a thing called the Speely that I go to every year with my dad. And then uh, to get initiated into this thing, you had to take a shot of Akavit and do some Norwegian kind of prayer Dance thing. Something. You yeah. Norwegians. Yeah. So I, I had to drink it and it wasn't that bad, but everybody around me was like, oh my God, that was terrible. And I just wanted to know what they called it, like potato vodka, basically. And I was like, I don't know about that. Well, I, the. We started making a dill aquavit, so we take about two or three hundred pounds of fresh dill and put it in about a thousand liters of alcohol. That sounds awesome. Bad. And then we distill it. Ah. And uh, that's that was really that was probably the hardest thing we've ever made because bringing the dill across was really difficult. And then uh, then the company that we made it for wanted us to do some other experiments, so we would reinfuse the dill aquavit with other botanicals. And then we would age it in like use bourbon casks, use sherry casks, and then and distill it again. So. Those are all completely different flavors. Huh. Huh. Weird. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. So are you guys doing like infused vodkas then as well? Or? No. No? Just. I think just the straight vodka. Just straight vodka. No. You know, that's yeah. cupcake vodka. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crap, you know. We make some flavored vodkas from other companies, but we don't do that okay. ourselves. What are some of the companies that you've, you've contracted for? Can uh, answer that. Well, a couple of my can. <laughs> There's a Green Bay distillery that, you know, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we do uh, about seven or eight, eight different vodkas for them. And then there's Gamma Old, which is where we do our aquavits for. And then Referent is a horseradish vodka that we do, and that is for they're the son of the owners of Moscow on the Hill, which is a Russian restaurant. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Man, it, the more I learn about this distilling thing, the more I'm weary of everything I've ever drank. <laughs> I know. It all came from the same place. Well, that's why it's, it's kind of cool with the, the emerging craft uh, distilling scene. It's like, well, then now you know where it comes from. Yeah. Instead of... Well, I was naive when I came into business. Yeah. I thought everybody made their own stuff. So were we. <laughs> and, and now it's like, what, really? Way to ruin my... <laughs> that is changing. It, when we started up, there were... You know, 40 distilleries in the whole country. In 2000, there were only about 10 or 15 small distilleries in the whole country. That wasn't that long ago. Wow. And now it's complete. The whole industry was very closed back then. But with 600 new distilleries opening up, it's becoming more of an open industry. It's very interesting to think about just like the way Budweiser and all of them are going right now. What about like the Jameson and Jack Daniels and stuff? Oh, like Jameson's not going anywhere. Well, I'm, no, I'm just going, saying. But, like, yeah. Well, I mean, Bud's not going where, anywhere either. Well, they should. But, they look, <laughs> but it's way more under the radar than yeah, a lot of the other right. things now. They learned from the breweries. Yeah, okay. They were very proactive. They knew that this was happening. Mm-hmm. And they've uh, been working hard to keep it from going that way. Um, do you experiment a lot? Do you do you like bottle any of your experiments? Or I experiment in different types of distillation when I make whiskeys, and I do experiment with different uh, flavors in gin. So we have like we made some lab stills that we kind of do infusions, and we we distill. So we do little different things here and there. Hmm. Cool. Uh, like, have you have you uh, done anything that like just really surprised you? Like when you were messing around with some gins and stuff like that uh the the horseradish vodka was probably the most surprising when it came out uh, <laughs> i can kind of picture the or not picture but i i can i can get that taste profile in my mouth when i think about it and it sounds really really awesome i'm gonna have to try that we did do one thing that's kind of interesting we did a wheat whiskey and i knew a guy out west that was making wheat whiskey so i just thought well, i'll just throw it on a couple barrels and after about a year, I opened up a barrel and I said, wow, that's pretty good. And then we started making some more. We released two barrels this year and they're already gone. Oh, wow. But we, we, we bottled them at cast strength. They're about 100 proof. And it was surprisingly good. I was really happy. So now we won't have any wheat whiskey again until next year. And then after that, we'll probably have to wait another year, but then we'll get into our bigger runs. Awesome. I, I do enjoy wheat whiskey. I think... Uh, we Bernheim? have one bottle left. If you come out, I'll give you two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh. well, let's go. Right? What are we doing right now? <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> Who could still drive? All right, let's figure this out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I guess where where do you see yourself going? At, like, where's Forty Fifth going in the future? Like, what what is your eventual goal? We're just going to keep on growing, and 
we, about two and a half years ago, we added onto our facility. We doubled the size of it. And it's not a big facility, but it, it helped a lot. And now we're doing that again this year. And right next to us is uh, a brewery is being built right next to us. Oh, okay. Uh, you ever hear of Barley John's? Barley John's. He so. was one of the first brew pub in the cities. Okay. And he's been trying to build a brewery there forever, and they wouldn't let him. And uh, the Surly Bill went through and allowed them to have food, mm-hmm. but there's still no brew- breweries for the brew pub. So he got upset, and he knew that I was why I was in New Richmond, and he now he decided to put up a, a beautiful s- facility right next to us. Awesome. That's cool. We need, more, we need more breweries in Wisconsin. I think there was only 100 and something <laughs> last time I counted. Well, I told him, it's, Wisconsin's a good market for, for beer. Yeah. Well, and, it, I mean, it, especially this area in Wisconsin is kind of exploding right now. We just had Pitchfork open up. Uh, Common Man's opening up. Uh, now Barley John's is going to open up soon. Like That's three in a year. That's There's going to cool. be a lot of distilleries opening up. There's going to be one in Hudson pretty soon, one in Somerset. There's already one in Eau Claire. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Are, are, you, are you worried about the competition, or do you welcome more people in the market just because... It brings more attention. Yeah. It does. It really mm-hmm. does. Uh, so, actually, it's been good for us. Uh, the Growler magazine just did a best of. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Yeah. Yep. Yep. And... Uh, they wouldn't have anybody else to compare us against. We we actually got Wisconsin Distillery of the Year. Nice. And, nice. and our bourbon was uh, Spirit of the Year. Yeah, that's so, awesome. It's delicious. Yeah, it's yeah. a very yeah. good really, bourbon. Really, really, really good. So, very good. I worked at the, well, I kind of work at the Postmark still in Hudson. I don't know. We have 45th there. And I always, I never knew where it came from or anything, but... It's one of the most attractive bottles I saw on the shelf there. And I was always like, I want to know more about this. That's just a picture of the Midwest. I got a Globes. That's from like the fifties that we took a picture of uh, uh, the Midwest, and that's what we use for our work on it. Oh, that's awesome! That's that's the, genius. The shape of it, and it's just completely different than a lot of the ones you see everywhere. So, yeah, oh, thanks. Um, I had a question, and then I drank whiskey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I completely lost where I was. That's okay. Um, I. I appreciate you've given us a lot of really good information. Uh, completely, you know, changed the way we think about. Now we That's have to. Now sure. we have to research them. Uh, I, I <laughs> way know. to give us a bunch of work. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I always learn all this beer stuff from you yep. guys. And yeah, I got now, fascinated. Now, now, now we get this, and now I'm fascinated about alcohol. Now, me and Casey have something else to be snobbish about, <laughs> right? Like, oh yeah, no, that just comes yeah. from Indiana. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Um, do you think like locally sourcing your ingredients like has a big impact on your flavor or do you think like you can buy corn from Iowa or something and make the same vodka? I think uh, it helps with consistency and that's why we chose that farm because I talked to the mills in the region and both mills that were close to us recommended the same small farm. It's not a big farm. It's only about 500 acres and there's just a father, a son and a brother. It's cool. And it's sixth generation. And the best thing for us is within 24 hours, I can get grain. Right. Oh, also, wow. Also, now I can just say, hey, we're going to we're gonna switch over from a bourbon to a rye. And I can call up my farm and say, hey, That's Arlen, cool. I nice. need rye. And he'll bring the rye over to me. That's pretty do That's awesome. awesome. Ever do like uh, annual parties or anything? Yeah. Yeah, we do. There? That's uh, in September, late September, early October, we have our annual fall open okay. house. And last year we had three bluegrass bands. We had a couple wow, of restaurants okay. cater it. And too bad uh, we didn't know about that. Know. <laughs> we, we have a whole year to wait now. <laughs> well, it'll come up every year we do it, and we usually release something. We'll probably have some rye whiskeys. I mean, some wheat whiskeys come on at that time. All right. See, all right. All right. That's going in my calendar. Yes. As soon as yes, the show yes, is over, is. we love visiting the breweries for their well, annual I, going. Going to the source is yeah. a lot of fun, and I'm getting to meet everyone there, meet yeah. a lot of people. You learn so much more about the spirit or the beer that you're drinking when you go to the source. Yeah, we open up the d- distillery completely on that day so it's kind of like thanking the people in the community that's how it started was we opened it up to community and now it's become an annual open house party the best way to build your business is yeah. you know the people around you so yeah. um i i remembered my question and it was <laughs> bourbon related see I, I got this uh so you're like what's the footprint of the barrel like you're you're aging how much space of your distillery does that take up i mean it takes a lot of space that's why we had to grow we were could barely move and now we have uh well over 300 barrels aging 
and we plan on adding over 100 every year beyond what we release and it just it takes up a lot of space and so is that kind of a limiting factor right now with how many you can do or uh, actually the number of fermentation tanks and distills so in our addition we're adding more distilling equipment more fermenters more tanks so we can yep so we can keep on producing more uh what like what's your fermentation like i mean we know beer is very temperature controlled very precise um different yeasts and stuff like that do you guys use the same yeast all all across i use the same yeast for my whiskeys and the same one for the for the clear spirits okay and we're a little bit different this is where there are some big differences between brewing we make a beer that's really what we do but then we distill it so okay. If you if we were to make a brandy, we'd make a wine and distill that. So if you were to go into a distillery, we don't remove the solids from the from the fermentation. Oh, you don't. No. After after mashing, the solids stay in there, and then we add the yeast to that. We don't have closed fermentations. We don't have airlock systems. We the CO two provides our airlock. That's it. That's all we need is the CO two. If you go down in Kentucky, you'll see huge open fermentations. Brewers come in and they're like. They're amazed with what we can do versus what they're allowed. To do. Are, uh, yeah, so there's there's like not really any temp control or anything like no, that. No, there is okay. temperature control. Yeah, we do have a cooling jackets, but it's not like a brewer where it's that precise. I want to keep it underneath a certain temperature. You're just under seventy and yeah, and we we you know each each yeast has its own specs, and we just say that this is where we're going to keep it at. But it can spike once in a while. We're okay with that. Okay. We basically use groundwater to cool our fermentation tanks through oh. the cooling jackets. We do have a glycol chiller, but that's more for the finished spirits. Hmm. So yeast, I suppose yeast character all gets torn out when you're distilling and doesn't really add anything. I think the yeast does add something, but not like what a brewer is. It's not on that kind of level. Okay. And so, yeah, there's people that think that yeast is everything. I'm somewhere in between. It's just it's some it's it's a part of the puzzle. It, the it helps. Picture. I I did try different yeasts and I did like one yeast over the other, but I don't think it's like what brewers have to work with. Okay, um, is so your mashing process is that uh, the same as similar? Is very similar to yeah. a brewing. Okay. Yep. I, I I'm sorry comparing everything to beer. That's just what I know. So well, we we use a lot of corn, so we're we're mashing at a much higher temperature most oh, of the time. Oh, okay. So. And uh, we do use malted barley, but mainly as an enzyme and a flavoring component. That's it. Huh. So your your corn is it like just crushed corn, or do you flake it? It's milled. It's milled. To, it's this is another difference. Like a brewer will have a fairly coarse mill. Mm-hmm. We have a very fine mill. It's not quite a flour, but it's close to it. And so when you when you mash, do you 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 don't remove any of the. Like, do you remove the, I guess, quote unquote, wort from the solids at all? Or no. You, you, okay. Everything gets pumped into the still. So, so you if, don't have to worry about stuck sparges and stuff, which is no. why you can go super fine. Yep. yep. So, yeah, we everything goes in the still. We, we, we distill it. The first distillation is the same regardless of what we're making. I could take a vodka mash and distill it into a whiskey. I can take a whiskey mash, a bourbon mash, and distill it into a vodka. Huh. Okay. This sounds way easier than the shit that we do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I know. We are doing the wrong thing. <laughs> and it's way more potent. <laughs> the only thing that we have to worry about is the legality of <laughs> stilling in the backyard. We could theoretically talk about it. Yes, the- theoretically, <laughs> the air quotes. The federal agent for this region lives in River Falls. Oh, oh. we better not then. <laughs> well, uh, that's good to know, too. <laughs> We can develop some kind of high-tech camouflage. We'll get a tarp. <laughs> a blue one? Yeah, a bright blue tarp. No, man. No, we're no, not, no. The smell's coming from the backyard. We're not growing back here, man. We're distilling. Yeah, the agents are really overwhelmed. They don't have time to be looking. They're, they're, they're just auditing, making sure people are paying their taxes. That's it. They're not looking for... Yeah, I, I imagine that's it's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah, I mean, is there a? I guess I don't even know. Is there a like a home distilling? Is is that a big thing? Do you do you ever think that will be on the same level as home brewing? Well, it's not legal. Well, yeah. but if 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 they well, I mean, home brewing wasn't legal until uh, thirty years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are distilling out there. I mean, as a distiller, I meet them because I go in a restaurant or something like that, and the old guy will come out and say, "You want to see my still?" 
<laughs> so, is that a pickup line for guys <laughs> in, your, in your profession? They're just proud of what they do. Hey, so. you want to come back in a forest and see my still? <laughs> There's a fair amount going on out there, especially now, because now everybody's thinking, hey, I can do that. And so they're they're going to do it in their garage. They're going to do it in their basement. And... and it's not that complicated. Is is there like a say, like I've always you know heard the horror, horror stories of bathtub gin and stuff like that. People going blind. Is that really a thing that people need to worry about? Yeah, if if a lot of that happens, I think when people who are distilling in mass quantities and then they're just taking a certain cut of it and they're collecting it and then they're passing that off. You need a fair amount of that to get sick or or, or hurt, but. So if you're just doing a little bit of distilling for yourself, you cut off the first two percent. You're you're clean. You're okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, do you guys have any other questions? I think I'm. I think I covered everything. That I, I think I really want to take a tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I, I want to. That see. would be a lot of fun. So we're gonna have to. We'll seconds. definitely have to set that up and head down there sometime. More than welcome to come. All right, uh, Carlos. Maybe. Did you have any questions? You've been pretty uh, quiet uh, this entire uh, time. I just don't have anything. Any questions? But. <laughs> It was a. I've learned a lot actually about this today. So yeah, I've really learned cool. a whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I'd, I'd love to sit on this information yeah. for you know six months or so and have you back and ask you some different questions to see what you're doing then. Well, you guys will have to come out first. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh for sure. That's, hey, if that's, that's an def- invitation, we'll be out there. Let's say uh, about four o'clock. <laughs> we, we, we might have to uh, test some barrels. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, we'll definitely be out and we'll be in touch and. Is there any uh, certain hours that you're open or anything? Or We're open usually between 8, I mean between 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. most days. And then, uh, but our tour times are Friday evenings and Saturday afternoons. Okay. But if uh, people give us a call, we make exceptions, you know, just as long as they let us know. Yeah. Cool. Is there uh, also, you said Friday and Saturdays, like, do you have to sign up online and stuff? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the best way to do it because we're, we're a smaller facility. When we expand, we're going to have a larger uh, tasting room and larger bar area so we can accommodate more people. But we try to keep it under 35 people right now at a time. Uh, cool. That's the best way to do it. Uh, where can people find your uh, your spirits if they're looking? Most local stores, uh, Hudson and River Falls, we can buy it. I'm not sure all the locations because I actually have you- a salesperson now. <laughs> oh, <you> hey. <laughs> and he's the one that's more in tune with that than I okay. am. Uh, do um, you guys you guys just distribute to Wisconsin, Minnesota, or do you guys much. get out of the area at all? At one time, we were thinking about going further, but it's easier. We don't have enough whiskey to get beyond. We run out every month anyway. Okay, so uh, that's what I was thinking. We we don't want to push it beyond that area. Just get bigger and bigger. Yeah, as as time goes, move on to like Illinois or whatever. Wisconsin's a good market. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so is Minnesota and. We can if we can be well represented in these two states, we'll sell plenty. Yep. Before we started the show, you were asking about where you can find it. I went onto their website, and you have a list of every single place you can find it on there. So did we do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I see, he learned something too today. With a big map on there, and if you click on one of the places, it'll show you right where. I it think was. it's time to give that sales guy a little raise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it tells you what I know. Uh, what's What's the website? It's 45thparallelspirits.com. Or 45th Parallel Distillery. Yeah, 4 or 5. The number is 4 or 5 TH Parallel Distillery.com. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Well, yeah, again, thank you for coming on. And uh, you guys have like a Facebook page and everything, right? They can find you on social media. Go like that page. And if you can find it, this bourbon is fantastic. Yes, I do like it. And I highly recommend getting some. Actually, for beer drinkers, I think eventually what we're going to be known for is our rye. Yeah. Our rye whiskey is what people like. I guess we got to try that uh, one, too. I was going to buy one, but they were out at Divine. They didn't have one. Uh, hey, restart the uh, mixer. Oh, that went yeah. down. Every hour. Yeah. Every My hour. dad's like, oh, no, I can't listen to it live. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> there we go. Stupid mixer. I can't <laughs> Sorry, believe they, they put that, that oh, one-hour limit on it. It's terrible. Sorry, Dad. But that just means we, we've hit our top, so we should probably wrap up. <laughs> All right, so I think that's what we will do. Unless there's something else you wanted to plug nope. before we... Nope. Ah. Hey, there we go. Hey. We got this. I remember how to do this, right? You kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a weird day. 
<laughs> I drank too much, guys. No, you didn't. Uh, I haven't drank right. enough. Let me see that vodka. <laughs> All right, here you go. Well, well you're doing that. I'm going to remind you guys that the holiday season is upon us, and you need to get beer glasses and whiskey glasses and just stuff for did, people. Gifts, Did you just right? say whiskey glasses? Yes, I did. <laughs> or if you're going to go buy that new PS4 or, or buy that new for PS4. some kid. Right, or yourself. Or yourself. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and head on over to blindedstudios.com. Click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the page, and it'll bring you to Amazon. Just do your regular Amazon shopping, and when you're done, Amazon will give us a little bit of kickback. So you're supporting us, doing your regular shopping. Everybody wins. Price doesn't change, nothing. Nope. Everybody wins. Uh, and if you want to donate more directly, head on over to patreon.com slash blindedstudios, or head on over to blindedstudios.com, and click on the Become a Patron link at the bottom of the page. Uh, it's like a recurring tip jar, so you can uh, give us as little as a dollar a month, or as much as you want. We don't want to put an, a cap on that, so... You know, 100 bucks a month, just do it. You know you want to. Just do it. Uh, there's some perks and stuff. Watch the video. It'll explain everything way better than I can in my current state. Uh, and I think that's it. Carlos, do we have any other announcements? I do not think we have any other announcements. Perfect. Well, if you have any feedback, questions, comments, or if there's somebody you'd like to see on the show, go ahead and send us an email at feedback at blindnewstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios, or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Goodbye. Goodbye.